Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys are doing awesome. I'm so excited for today's interview with Dr. Mark Schuyler because we're chatting all things fertility. And in my practice, I have had the honor of working with many couples who have struggled with fertility. And I can only imagine what that journey can be like. I do not have children of my own and nor have my fiance and I have really made that a priority yet in our lives, even if we're going to. It's not something that currently is a priority in my life. And so I've really had the honor of working with so many incredible couples who have struggled with infertility and I have been lucky that in the past year, there's been five couples that I have worked with that have all gotten pregnant, which is amazing. And it is definitely something that brings tears to my eyes because it's so wonderful to be sent these incredible photos of my clients like in the hospital room with their baby and knowing that I got to really be a part of that journey. And so for the women that are listening who feel that you are lost, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling hopeless, and that there's just no solution for you, I can promise you that there is. And Mark Schuyler is a fertility expert. And we have lots of amazing experts on this podcast who can help. And there are lots of solutions out there. And my number one advice to you is that if you are struggling with infertility, I understand, you know, you have your doctor and you're working with your doctor and whatnot, but it's really important to not just put all of your time and your energy and your focus and your money into the allopathic medical industry, but to really seek out some alternative methods and support and working with naturopaths, functional medical practitioners, nutritionists, and really getting second, third, fourth opinions, because I can promise you there are solutions out there. And it's just really our responsibility to seek them out because there's not always just one way of doing things. So today, I love that we are mostly chatting about women's hormones and fertility, but Mark does share some really great insights into men's health and how men can support their fertility as well. So Dr. Mark Schuyler is also known as the fertility expert and is a natural fertility specialist leading a team of fertility experts whose mission is to help you believe in your fertility and empower your body to create a healthy pregnancy by supporting and coaching you during your journey to motherhood. In addition to his doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine, Dr. Schuyler trained at the Harvard Medical School Mind-Body Medical Institute. He is the creator of markschuyler.com and reproductivewellness.com, the co-author of Secret to Conception, and a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine and Medical Advisor for Natural Health International. Dr. Schuyler lives in San Diego with his wife and two sons. If you're ready to start a family, the fertility expert can help. 
He can help you get pregnant wherever you are through his virtual consultations and online programs. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hi, Samantha. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's a pleasure. It's nice to have a man on here because I normally interview women. So, so welcome. That's funny. I'm used to being the only man on most of the women's health shows. So totally. It's awesome. It's really great. And I think like there's this misconception that because it's a women's health show, I'm only interviewing women, but that's so not the case. So I'm so excited for our chat today. And before we dive in, I would love for you to share more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm Mark Sklar. I am a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And about 16, 17 years ago, I started a clinic here in San Diego focused on women's health, primarily focused on fertility and pregnancy support, but really the whole gamut of women's health. And over that time frame, I would get a lot of inquiries, lots of emails in my email box from women and couples from all over the world just asking questions and so forth. And so I decided to take part of my practice and share it online with the world. And that part is pretty much entirely devoted to fertility and reproductive health, although randomly will kind of diverge into other areas with women and couples. But that's really where my online presence kind of gravitates towards. And it's fantastic. I love this field. I'm passionate about it because I love being able to make such a profound change in a couple's life that they can actually have a family or grow a family and have that be a little bit larger. To me, there's nothing more special than to help somebody bring another life into this world. And so that's really why I do what I do. In addition to that, I do it because I think all of these couples have been stripped of their hope and stripped of their belief that they can conceive. And one of my passions is to really restore that hope and that belief in themselves that they still can, it is possible. They need to maybe take a different path than what they've been told or look within themselves a little bit deeper or in a different way to yield the results that they're looking for. But it's about giving them that power and that hope that's been taken away from them by so many others. I love that. That's really great. So I know that there are many different areas that can affect fertility. So let's dive into some of those areas. And I'm going to let you take the reins here in terms of where you'd like to start because there's, I'm sure, so many different places. So I'm going to let you go for it. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I've broken it down into 12 different areas, but if we break it down more, it could be actually much bigger than that. I tried to make it digestible for my patients. And one of the things when a couple reaches out to us or a woman, which is usually driven by the woman in the relationship, when they reach out to me, oftentimes they're always focused on their hormones. And so I'm actually not going to start there. I think that's the easy place to start. And not to say that there's not value there or it's less important by no means. But I think in the type of world and culture we live in, we're very much used to compartmentalizing our bodies and because we're used to seeing specialists for everything, right? So, oh, well, this one's the one who looks at my hand and this one's the looks at my throat and my uterus and so forth. So we're so used to compartmentalizing and specializing when it comes to medicine in this day and age, that we forget that there's all these other areas that can and do influence our overall health and our reproductive health is no different. And so when I look at those different areas, for sure, inflammation is a big one. 
autoimmunity is huge, and digestion is essential. And so those are probably three that I think get missed and ignored quite often. Not to say that those others aren't valuable. You know, hormones is in that category in my wheel, kind of my 12 categories, sleep, diet, stress, exercise. These are all lifestyle things, right? And they're all very important and all essential when we look at it. And for each individual couple or woman, you might have to focus in a different one of those areas because you might be solid on diet and awesome on sleep, but there might be another area that's going to be a little bit more compromised for you. And that's certainly the place to focus on for you as an individual. But I find that those three areas, digestion, inflammation, and the immune system or autoimmunity are the three big ones that I think often get ignored. And when I bring them up to patients, you can hear this kind of like hesitation or concern. Like, I thought we were supposed to be having a conversation about my hormones or my uterus or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah, we'll get there. Or I'll say, I've looked over all of your labs and those areas look just fine, but these areas don't. <laughs> and we need to focus over here on these areas. So if I had to pick three and we could always get into more, those would probably be the top three that I would kind of pull out. Awesome. Okay. So why don't we dive into some of those? So for example, digestion. Sure. Yeah. What are some strategies? So this is one that's near and dear to my heart because this is why I got into the medicine. I had a lot of digestive issues. And if I'm not careful myself, then I will as well again. And I think that's the case with everybody with digestive issues. So the first thing that I do want to kind of shout out to everybody about digestive issues is that they can take a long time to heal. It's not something that you heal once and you're all good and you can move on for the rest of your life because it's something you use every day, all day long, hopefully. Then we do need to be mindful. We need to be aware of what's going on in our digestive system. And we can stray from time to time, but we always have to know that kind of where our center is, where we need to come back to, how to get there, how to manage ourselves when we stray a little bit. And the digestive system for me is really the key to most patient issues. If we've got like unexplained infertility or some other issues that patients just, hey, we don't know what's going on. The doctor thinks it's this, and that's why they're reaching out to me. In all medical fields, everybody has this kind of bent towards a specific system, if you will. And I guess that's where specialization came in. In Chinese medicine for centuries, there's different schools of thought of what needs to be treated first and foremost with all patients. And there's a kind of school of thought of what's called the spleen school or the digestive school in Chinese medicine. And I definitely am one of those that fall into that category. I think for all of us, we need to spend special attention in our digestive system. So when it comes to that, first and foremost, I think it's essential that we get the foundation taken care of, which is what's going on with our diet and our nutrition, how are we eating. This foundational piece is important because if you don't want to be someone who relies on supplements or relies on going to see your GI doctor, whoever it is that's managing your digestive issues, this piece is the foundational piece. It might not be the piece that turns the key and opens the door, but it's going to be the piece that keeps the door open for all of us. And so without being able to have a solid, healthy diet, you won't be able to maintain all the other changes when it comes to digestive function and health. So really, it's about some of the basics that hopefully I'd like to think I say this a lot and everybody knows it already, but we're going to repeat it anyway. Eating a whole food 
diet, eating a clean diet, free of or very little processed foods, very little processed sugars. You know, I think for some of us, we have to be more careful with dairy products. You know, these are things that are going to be really important, eating balanced meals throughout the day, making sure you're getting plenty of veggies, making sure you're getting your protein and your fat in there, which is often overlooked, especially for women, unfortunately, and those are the population that needs it more, especially when it comes to hormones. So these things are key. Now, I often get asked, well, you know, do you recommend a specific diet? Like, are you paleo-centered or keto-centric or whatever fad that's going around. And I don't use the word fad to put down any of those paleo or keto diets in any way. I think they're really important. But I think what's more important is that we pick a diet that's right for us as an individual. And that might mean you lean heavily towards paleo, but you're not 100% paleo. It might mean you lean heavily towards keto or primal or whatever thing that works for you. But I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all, and all of these diets were specifically designed as a place to start, not a place to end. Now, for some of us, it might be full-fledged 100%, and that's great, but we can't take what works 100% for one person and say that that's the way all of us should always be eating, because that's not accurate. And it might be something that we have to be more fluid with, like at certain times where let's say our digestive system is more off, you might have to be more strict and be more closer to 100% of one of those diets. Let's talk about paleo, use that as our kind of foundation. You might have to be 100% there, but then as you heal and your digestive system functions a little bit more effectively and efficiently, then you could kind of move towards 80% or 70% and kind of be a little bit more fluid with your diet. And so I think that's really important. We all want to grab onto one thing and say, this is what I am and this is the way I need to eat. And if that's easier for you, that's fine. I just don't find that that's realistic long-term and I don't find that that's realistic for everybody. I do think that we all kind of need to be in different places. I will say if you have regular bloating, if you don't have regular bowel movements or they're too frequent, if you feel like digestive upset, if you're feeling sluggish and fatigued and brain fog, those are just some little symptoms and signs that tell you you need to pay more attention to what you're doing with your digestive system. If you have a meal and you feel like crap afterwards, pay attention. I mean, it's telling you something, right? And it doesn't have to be immediately. It could be a few hours. It could be a day later, right? These are all things that we tend to ignore them we kind of move past them quickly and say, oh, and we tend to dismiss it. Oh, it was just whatever. But if that just whatever happens frequently, then we need to pay more attention to it and start to make changes that are going to take us beyond that and that you can sustain and feel good. And for all of you who are listening, who think, oh, I'm fine in my digestive system. When you're so used to feeling a certain way, that becomes your 100%. You don't know how much better you can feel until you make those changes and start to see what that feels like. And when you're there, you're like, oh, oh, this is what energy should feel like, or this is what my digestive system should feel like. And then you know what the true 100% is or the new reality is. And I think that's really, really important. I had a patient last week who walked in. He has Hashimoto's and also fertility issues. And he said, yeah, you know, I tried being gluten-free and going off of sugar and all of those things. And I just, you know, I didn't really notice that big of a difference. 
and I questioned him a little bit more and I said, well, did you notice that you had more energy and that you slept better and that you were digesting your food a little bit better? He's like, yeah, you know what? I think I did when I noticed that. Like, well, what were you expecting to feel when you took those things out? He's like, you know, I'm not so sure. I'm like, well, I would bet that you'd probably feel better overall with that sort of diet. But if you were looking for X, Y, and Z to change, uh, maybe that's not what's going to do that. But this change, this bare change in your digestive system and, and in the way you eat is probably like a foundational thing that needs to change for you to even get close to that. So it takes a paradigm shift. We've got to understand where we can get and what it could feel like. And I do think for most of us, regardless of what kind of health issue we're dealing with, I would say digestion needs to be at the top of that list and how well you're digesting. I would absolutely agree. I think it's so interesting how many people undermine their symptoms and it just becomes their new norm. So it's like, oh, I'm just bloated because this is how it always is. So they don't question it. And then five years go by and 10 years go by and then you've got a real problem. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. So there are so many areas to focus on, digestion, inflammation, autoimmune, sleep, diet, stress, exercise. How do we know where to start? Digestion, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think the the basics, the foundation of things are key. And, And as I was talking about digestion, you know, I think the two key areas that we could all always spend time dealing with is certainly digestion, but I also think stress. We live in a world where stress is pervasive. It comes in so many different forms. You know, if you don't eat right, that's digestive stress, right? So we can spread out that word. We tend to think of stress as more an emotional thing. Obviously it is, but you know, it goes well beyond that. And so I think those two things, if there's two different areas in life that will have a huge impact on any health condition, and certainly, you know, there's myriads of research studies regarding stress in almost any disease process. It's stress and digestive function for me are very, very much two key foundational things. But what's interesting about both of those things is oftentimes they come back to just some key foundational lifestyle changes or management that needs to happen, right? We need to get plenty of sleep to help manage our stress, to give our body time to heal. We need to eat right so that we're not adding more digestive stress or any other stress into our lifestyle. If we don't eat right, maybe we can't think properly and and we're more easily triggered by things and our stress increases exponentially because of that. So those two things have a far-reaching effect with sleep, diet, exercise. That's a great way for us to manage stress, right? In different ways. If we think more broadly about stress and digestion and sleep, diet, and exercise, then we can kind of even take that a little bit further and go to like the environment. Are there environmental stressors? We might use toxins, right? But we can use those words interchangeably. What is going on in our environment that's causing, that potentially is impacting stress environment, meaning work and relationships and your home, We can even relationships, not just with our spouse, but with friendships and so forth. So these are all things that I think really branch out to these other areas that have a big far-reaching effect. So when, when we say, where do we start with all of these, it's a tricky question. I think 
if we start to think about all of these and having to make changes in all of these areas, it becomes very overwhelming, <laughs> which impacts our stress. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. For many of us, more stress equals more digestive issues, right? So, you know, we have to be careful in that. I think we have to start with the place for each one of us that feels comfortable and manageable and easy. Maybe that's just getting better night's sleep first and foremost and making sure that we're changing that pattern and not just kind of what sleeps look like, but how we prepare for sleep, how many hours of sleep we get, all of those things. For some of you, making diet changes might be easier. I think that's probably one of the harder things to change in patients. So that, in my opinion, takes a lot of baby steps. But on the flip side, maybe that's a reason to start there because we're going to make a lot of baby steps. So we start with some baby steps and then we branch out to some other things, right? So I think for all of us, we have to analyze where we need to start. And that's part of why I created these 12 areas. And, you know, I call it the fertility wheel or the fertility balance wheel, because if you can take these 12 areas and then go through each one and analyze them and ask yourself questions about each one, and I guide patients through that, right? What to look for in each one of these areas. But if you can objectively just look at each one of these, these areas and then ask yourself real questions and be objective about it and say, okay, well, how is my sleep? And am I really getting seven, eight hours of sleep? No, I'm getting six and a half usually. Okay, well, there's some place where I can improve. And you score yourself, you know, one through five there. You, know, you want to be fours and fives in all of these areas. You start scoring ones and twos, even threes, then you know you have places to improve upon. And so I would just look at that and say, okay, well, the ones I've got the worst scores in are the ones I've got to start with and then go from there. Now, however overwhelming that could be for anybody, I think the most important piece is that first and foremost, we know what areas you need to focus on. And then two, we can only do one thing at a time, right? We've got to just start with one area and one thing in that area and build upon that and build upon successes. So I like to kind of give the example of, hey, I was walking with a stack of papers and the wind came by and blew all my papers around. You can't grab them all at one time. You've got to just start with one and then you're going to the next one and the next one. So you just got to pick up one piece of paper. You're looking at it. And if that piece of paper says, you know, stress or I've got to move to get eight hours of sleep, so I've got to go to bed earlier, then that's what you're going to do first, right? And so you just do one thing at a time and you'll be amazed at how quickly you, you start to make these changes because that builds up, momentum builds up. You'll also be amazed at how different you'll feel in a relatively short period of time if you're able to do that. And that is typically motivation in itself, right? You feel better, so you're like, okay, I want to keep this going. I want to do this an easy jump start and kind of way to kind of jump in and do this. I shouldn't maybe use the word easy, but a jump start for anybody <laughs> is if you want to kind of jump in feet first and see how you feel after three or four weeks is to do some sort of detox if you've never done one. Because that will kind of clean house when it comes to diet and starts to get you back on track on most things. And when I work patients through it, I'll also be looking at like, making sure they're getting plenty of sleep and exercise during that time. So it kind of can expand into other areas as well. But I think intuitively, most of us know what areas we need to focus on and that wheel is just kind of a reminder for it. And I also think that if we ask ourselves the question objectively, 
what makes sense as a place for me to start with, then we'll usually get that answer as well. And so that's going to be different for all of us. For me, it always comes down to exercise and digestion for me personally. So that's usually where I tend to go if I need to reset myself as a place to start. Awesome. I love that. And I love how so much of what you're saying is like the basics, like very foundational steps that both men and women need to implement, especially for their fertility journey. Because I know in my practice, many women come to me wanting this quick fix. And they kind of look at me like I have three heads once I start telling them that, you know, we've got to optimize your digestion or start asking them about their stress and their lifestyle. And they just kind of look at me like, what does this have to do with my fertility? And so on our part as practitioners, it's this process of really having to educate our patients and our clients for sure. So I really love that you're starting with so many great foundations. So going back, you mentioned environment and toxins. And I would assume that this is an area that you probably address with many of your patients and cleaning up the toxins in their home, their food, perhaps body care, beauty care. So maybe let's dive into that. Sure. Yes. And this has a really far-reaching impact for all of us. It's not the easiest thing to do because we're usually set in our ways like, oh, I just go to the store and I buy Tide and this is what I use or you know, whatever it is that you can replace Tide with. But yeah. we all are fixed in our ways of doing things. And it was probably passed down from a roommate or your parents, hey, this is what we buy and this is what you use. And so you don't think much about it. And in the same token, if you've ever tried to look at one of those bottles and look for ingredients, you will quickly notice that there's none listed there. You cannot find an ingredient untied. I mean, it's not listed, okay? And so these are done purposely, well, purposely because they don't have to. If it was mandated, they would, but it's not. And that's the same with most of our skincare products, healthcare products, body products, shampoos, things like that. I mean, they might list what you want, what they want you to see, but they probably don't have to list everything. And so these things have a big, profound effect on our overall health. First and foremost, they absolutely affect our endocrine system when it comes to hormones. There's tons of research studies around that. If you don't believe me, just do a quick Google search, it will come up. Many of them can be, in research, be linked to reproductive issues, cancer, all sorts of other things. And I'm not saying this to scare you, I'm saying this to educate you. On the flip side, we also know that if we make changes in all of these areas and we keep those changes consistent, that that can have a very quick turnaround for our health as well. And so those are nice places to start because of that impact that it will have. But everything that you have in your environment, whether you inhale it, you touch it, you sit on it, whatever it is, it can impact your overall health and your endocrine system and many other systems as well for that matter. And so we have to start to ask ourselves questions when it comes to these things. Like we all think these, what it, Febreze is fantastic because it makes the air smell good, although I think it smells terrible. But yeah, I don't like it myself. <laughs> but, you know, they make you believe that this is the way things should smell like. And so, oh, this is what people want. So this is what we should have. Those are all things that we shouldn't have in our environment. They had to create it in some fashion. And so chemicals were used to create it. And do we need those chemicals? impacting our overall health and our body? The answer is no, we don't. And so 
we need to look at that a little bit more broadly. Now, this is potentially also difficult to change because all of these things have financial impacts, right? If I want to change my lipstick or whatever it is, last week I was joking because we got some new natural lipstick in the mail and I joked with my wife and I put it on and she gave me this crazy look. I'm like, well, you can use it. I can use it. And I kiss you anyway. So I get it. So why not? Right. (laughs) It was quickly taken off, but (laughs) women, when you put on lipstick, speaking of it, right, you ingest it. When you kiss your husband, they ingest it. So these are all things that impact our overall health. And so We want to start to change these things. The way I like for patients to change these things is just one thing at a time. You finish one thing, it ends, you need to buy it again. Before you purchase that thing again, look for a healthier alternative to purchasing it. And there are plenty out there. You can always reach out to me. I'm happy to give you resources. I'm sure you can as well. And if you just do a quick Google search, you can start to go down a rabbit hole of how you can replace one thing for another. But So there's always ways to make things healthier and cleaner when it comes to our environment and the toxins that we are exposed to. Some things are a little bit harder, right? Like if you're buying a new car, unfortunately, it is what it is. That wonderful new car smell that everybody seems to like is toxic chemicals. Um, (laughs) Now, things you can do is keep the windows open a little bit more air it out a little bit more, you know, those things can help to be vented, those sorts of things. Same thing with like couches or whatever it is. Like some things it's harder to buy a healthier alternative, but there are also ways to battle that, right? So like opening the windows, not spending as much time in the car as you can, or letting it air out for a period of time before you use it, things like that still gets a little bit tricky, but you know, you're always going to have exposure to toxins in the environment. We're trying to just minimize how much exposure we have. So if you're able to control all those other areas in your life, maybe the new car smells not that bad for you then, right? Because you've cleaned up all these other areas in your life. But one thing at a time, as it ends, you buy something new, cleaning your house with all these chemicals doesn't have to be the case. Like there's lots of do-it-yourself formulations for cleaning the floor and cleaning counters and bathtubs and all sorts of things that are really, really simple and actually much less expensive and cost-effective than you would think if you were buying all these other kind of pre-made things. So that's a big, big area for me. I find the hardest one for my patients to change is really their makeup and their personal products because they're so attached to it. It's part of who they are. And it's not easy for them to change that, let alone it, at least in previous years, hasn't been so easy to also find alternatives. Right. And I mean, nowadays, there are so many great companies. Oh, yeah. So great. You have access to so many awesome brands and companies. And I remember when I got my car about seven years ago, my more recent car, I left it in the driveway for three full days, all the windows down. Yeah. I was like, I got to let the the smell (laughs) out as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. So I know that you do acupuncture and I know it is a wonderful treatment for fertility and hormonal health and how great it is for supporting progesterone levels as well. So maybe we can chat a bit about that and how you use acupuncture for fertility. Absolutely. So for me, acupuncture and herbs go hand in hand. Now I use them a little bit differently, each therapy, but you know, I think of my patients 
when I'm looking at my patients and diagnosing them, I do think of both of those two things simultaneously as I'm trying to address that. So acupuncture, first and foremost, is wonderful at increasing blood circulation and regulating the nervous system. So those are two things that if someone comes in and I'm looking at their menstrual cycle and it doesn't look to be optimal, their flow is either too heavy or too light, it's too dark, they've got clots or lots of pain around it, then acupuncture is at the top of my list of things to incorporate. Because I can increase more blood circulation into the uterus, into the reproductive organs, and usually have a nice immediate reaction and effect in that regard. The other thing with acupuncture is it's great at regulating the nervous system. So if stress is a factor and stress has a huge profound effect in all these other systems, then I like to start with that because it's going to have a far-reaching effect on regulating the adrenal glands and the nervous system. And as a byproduct, then can and does help to regulate balance hormones as well because our adrenal glands communicate with our hypothalamus and pituitary. Our primary reproductive hormones are produced in the pituitary and, and hypothalamus. And then on the flip side, those two glands also communicate with the ovaries where estrogen and progesterone and testosterone are produced. And so when you have that triad, if you will, just by being able to affect adrenal function in the nervous system, you can definitely have an impact on all those other areas as well. And so acupuncture is definitely at the top of my list for ways to manage hormones, the nervous system, and increasing blood circulation. And many, if not all, reproductive issues comes down to those areas anyway. So that's really nice with acupuncture. Now, when I want to start to really make a change internally, right? Like if you kind of have to separate it, and I don't like to do this, but acupuncture kind of like external medicine versus Chinese herbs as internal medicine. And in China, that's how it's looked at. Then herbs are used to change hormones specifically. I want to impact specific hormones. I want to change basal temperatures, menstrual length, things like that. That's where herbal medicine really comes in and with the right diagnosis and the right formula can have a really profound effect as well. So those are really kind of how I start to separate those things. And so I'm sure you probably use acupuncture for digestion as well. It would be wonderful for that. Yeah, It works wonderfully for digestive function. Yeah. As I was starting that conversation, it came to mind and then I got (laughs) down a different path and I never came back to it. So thank you. It's all good. So speaking of herbs, do you have any specific or favorite herbs that you specifically like to use for hormones and fertility? And I feel like it's a tough question because it can be very bio-individual, Yes, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, Chinese herbs are very much individualized for a patient. So those get a little bit tricky to say, oh, what are my favorite ones? You know, we have handfuls that we use very, very frequently, but all of our formulations in the office are custom blends that we've made for our patients. Awesome. And that we can kind of mix and match for patients. But if we're talking about herbs overall, for sure, one of my favorite, favorite herbs is maca. Yay. I love it. I think it's awesome. It's an adaptogen. It helps to regulate stress in the nervous system. It helps to regulate and balance hormones. It helps with thyroid function. I mean, it has so many profound and beautiful things about it. That being said, I don't just like any maca because most macas on the market are really more androgen-based and really help to promote that pathway 
in patients and most of our women really don't need that. Probably most of the ones on the market are probably just fine for men, but when it comes to women, I'm even more particular. And so, you know, I think you do have to be careful in how you get it. I'm not the biggest fan of just like the powders that just go into smoothies because you really don't know dosages. It's really hard to manage. I much prefer the capsules and really the brand I love is from Natural Health International Feminescence, although it's not easy to get around the world, much easier to get in the US and I'm pretty sure in Canada as well in recent year, but that's my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. That was my next question. I was going to say, in what form do you prefer? Because I know it comes in capsules and powder and even tincture form. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, maybe if someone has been on one and they're noticing positive effects and you know we're not seeing any negative outcomes from it, then I might not switch them. But other than that, I pretty much try to get them onto the other. And for low estrogen, it typically is, would you use it for low estrogen? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's at the top of my list for low estrogen. And I should just clarify it for everyone. So you know why I'm recommending this specific product. So the maca root has, I forget if it's 12 or 13, but 12 or 13 different chemical alkaloids. And if you look at that, that's basically saying that each root has 12 or 13 different herbs. They do different things. Got it. So this company is the only one that I know of that extracts each one of these chemicals and then makes a formulation for reproductive age women, for perimenopause, for postmenopause, for men, so that you're getting what you need and not getting what you don't. Got it. Okay. I love that. I'll have to put that in the show notes because I guarantee people are going to be reaching out (laughs) asking for that one for sure. (laughs) So just quickly going back to acupuncture, like how often would you suggest that somebody go for treatments? Is there a specific amount of time? Like you want to do the most in the shortest amount of time, maybe initially? What does that look like? Yeah, it depends how much time somebody has. So for PCOS specifically, the research is pretty clear. It's twice a week visits for about three months or so to yield the results. It doesn't mean that you can't do it in a different schedule and get those results. You can, but the research is pretty clear and somewhat profound in its effect by doing it that way. So I tend to recommend that if that's possible for patients. For more severe conditions, I do like to see patients multiple times a week. If we have time, then once a week is just fine. If someone is in the midst of an IVF cycle or IUI, then my scheduling is just a little bit different around that. We try to get in 12 visits before an IVF cycle because the research also is promoting that. So if we've got three months, that's once a week. If we've got four weeks, then we're going to be doing that more compressed. So those are things to just consider and think about. And there's also timing with certain things. Like there's certain times where I want treatments when someone's in an IVF cycle during stimulation or retrieval or transfer. And and same thing with IUI, like post IUI, I want acupuncture done somewhere in that five to seven day window post for implantation purposes. So there's just some timing that also needs to be taken into account. But if we have time, then those things can be stretch out a little bit more. Now, if you want to see results faster, then for sure we want to compress those visits and do more in a shorter period of time and then slowly start to spread those out after that. I like to see patients for a minimum of three months and be able to see three cycles, lay the foundation, see the change, see the progress in a woman's menstrual cycle, and then from there reevaluate and then come up with 
a new plan or decide where we go from there in terms of, of treatment. That's really great. And that's, I think, important to note because many women don't know about the timing yeah. and that can have a really profound impact, especially if you're doing IVF. or Yeah, we often get patients who come like, my IVF transfers in two weeks or three weeks or next week. Can I come in for treatment? You can absolutely come in and we're going to do the best we can in the time that we have, but I can't promise you the results we're going to get because of the short time frame that we have to work with. Right. Okay. Good to know. So I would love to switch gears and talk about men's health and fertility, something that I feel like we don't talk enough about. And obviously fertility is twofold and both men and women need to really be optimizing their hormones. And so what are some suggestions that you have specifically for men's health and fertility? Well, certainly some of the things that we talked about earlier when it comes to the foundational lifestyle things can't be ignored. They have huge profound effects on men. I'm going to try and tell a story really quickly about a man to kind of emphasize this point. So I work with a lot of the IVF clinics here and around the country, depending on where patients are at. And this was many, many years ago, but I was talking with the embryologist about a patient we both were working with and they were checking his sperm quality and doing regular checks with him. And I was working with him as well. And so what was really interesting is I happened to be in their office for another patient. The embryologist came out and we were just chatting. He said, hey, by the way, did you do something different with so-and-so? And I said, well, why? I mean, we've been working on it, but what's changed? He said, well, I think I have the wrong sperm sample, semen analysis. I think the sample I have, I don't even think it's his because it doesn't look like any of his previous samples whatsoever. And I said, well, nothing that I haven't already been doing for the last two or three months, right? And he said, well, I'm going to reach out to him just to make sure I have the right sample. And he did. And sure enough, he had the right sample. And the guy said to the embryologist, he said, look, well, for the past six to nine months, I've been on the road, traveling for work. I've been stressed. I have barely been home. I've just been eating what I can, doing the best I can, and so on. He goes, but it was around the holidays. So since Thanksgiving, I've been off. And I've been home for a good solid month. So I've been sleeping better and exercising and eating well and all the foundational things we talked about earlier, right? Taking care of himself. And so that's all I've been doing. And his semen analysis was as if it was somebody else's. That's how much of a difference it made, right? In such a short period of time. We're not talking about months. This was like four to six weeks. So I just say that story just to show you how profound lifestyle changes. You know, he was managing his stress, he was sleeping, he was eating better, he was exercising. Those are foundational things that we can all do. And that had a huge impact on his quality. And so I say this because what we forget is that women have something they can track every month. They've got a cycle, they go into their OBGYN maybe once a year to make sure everything's good. You know, you have something you can monitor. Men don't have anything that they can monitor that clearly and that cleanly, right? The only thing really that is an extension of that is a semen analysis. And that semen analysis is actually a reflection of their overall health, right? So if we use that semen analysis as a baseline for how you're doing in your general health, that could speak volumes. And that could also say, okay, well, I've got a little bit of work to do, or I'm doing really well. So it comes back to just the basics for men, not to say there aren't special things to do, but for sure, we can't ignore the basics. And I'll tell you for men, those are the hardest things to do. 
because they don't put themselves first. They ignore things. You've got to cut off two arms for them to go to the hospital. It's, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I don't need it. Or they can do it for a month, but they can't do it for longer than that. So these are all things that just show you the way we live our life has a profound effect on our overall health and certainly your fertility as well. So coming back to the basics is absolutely essential. That being said, are there other things that can be done? For sure. Some of the funny basics like wear boxers instead of briefs. If you know that you spend time and you like to bike, which I don't recommend for most of my male patients if they can avoid it. But if you like to do that, then what do you do to combat that? Well, when you come home, maybe you've got to ice your crown jewels. <laughs> you've got to do something to balance that out. The exercise is great, but maybe it can't be too vigorous. Or maybe you're taking on a different form of exercise so that you're not sitting on a bicycle seat for a long period of time. No hot tubs. Saunas, maybe sporadically. Right? These are all things that I think need to be taken into account as little things that need to happen and change. But certainly, the one thing I want every man out there to recognize is even if you've got low sperm count, you've got poor motility, which is the way the sperm swim, and poor morphology, the way they look, the structure of it, if those things are all compromised, don't think there's nothing you can do about it. There's a lot you can do. There are definitely supplements for each one of those things that can be done. Acupuncture works great. Herbs work great. But there's a myriad of things that can be done. And I think it's your responsibility to step up to the plate and do something about it. Most of the burden when it comes to fertility falls on the woman because they are the ones that carry the baby. That doesn't mean that you as a man don't have responsibilities and don't take part in this process. You need to be there to be supportive of your partner. And one of those ways that you can be supportive is to make sure that everything on your end is in order. And so I can't tell you how many men just don't want to go in and do a semen analysis. They find it awkward or uncomfortable. I'm here to tell you for as awkward or uncomfortable that might feel to you, put yourself in your wife's shoes. They have to have vaginal ultrasounds regularly. They have to potentially take hormones. They're the one who cycles every month. They have to manage those cycles. They're going to have to carry a baby for 10 months. I think you can ejaculate into a cup and get some number, right? And get some results. It's not the worst thing in the world. And as a byproduct, there's actually a little bit of enjoyment that comes out of it. Whereas for most things that women are doing, there's not, right? So you know, I think we all have to suck it up, put away our male egos, and just step up to the plate and do what you need to do to support your partner and to make sure that everything on your end is in order. I love that. Thank you so much for that message because I know there are so many women who are like sharing this podcast with their husbands right now or their partners. <laughs> you got to listen to this, honey. I know it. And that's an, a really important message to say. So thank you for that. I read quickly on your site, Something about the snowballs underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that? So some guys had to ice their balls and they were tired of trying to figure out a convenient way of doing it. And so they came up with these underwear, their boxers with these little pouches and they have ice packs that they keep in the freezer and <laughs> they slip those ice packs in and they wear them and walk around hilarious. 
And because the research shows like just 15 minutes of icing a day can make a difference. And only for specific conditions, obviously, but still could make a difference. And so those ice packs, they're small, but they last for about 15 minutes in cooling. Now, the underwear is great and convenient. If you don't want to buy them, just get an ice pack and sit on it. Right. You know, essentially, especially for those of you who work in really hot, warm environments, right? Like I've had construction workers who sit in a bobcat for eight hours a day digging. It's a sauna in there, right? So after that, you need it or during you need it. You know, maybe you're doing the underwear and you're icing when you get home. You know, it's things like that. So if you know that you're exposed in that way, then certainly that's a benefit, I would think. And I do think it's helpful. Morphology and motility can be greatly impacted. I mean, count as well, but not as much, can be greatly impacted by heat. And so if there's something going on that's causing more heat in the testes, it can impact those numbers. And so that's a reason to do it. Awesome. Okay. Really great tips there. Thank you so much for all of that. Before I let you go, I would love for you to share more about your hope coaching consultations. Yeah. You know, the consultation, we've named it hope because it's exactly that. We try to restore hope in all of our patients. Most have been told that they can't, they won't, or it's going to be very difficult. And so they start to replay those words in their head and that becomes their reality. So I wanted something that was going to be positive and change, flip that script in their mind, which is why I named it Hope. But it's really an hour with me or one of my fertility experts on my team where we're going to review your lab work, review your case, and really be there for you. We're going to listen to you and try to understand where you are now, where you want to go, and then have a conversation about how we get there. Will we have all the answers potentially at the end of that one hour? Probably not, because there's going to be a lot of things that we need you to do or some additional testing that we need you to do, because we often find that that's been missing. But it's the first step in the right direction to really start to take a different look and perspective on what's going on in your reproductive health and hopefully start a new outlook on where you can go. That's really, really wonderful. And so where can people find out more information about that? And I'll be sure to put the link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, marksklar.com forward slash hope. So M-A-R-C-S-K-L-A-R.com forward slash hope. Amazing. And then your website, is it reproductivewellness.com? That's for my clinic here in San Diego. So yeah, if you're in San Diego, you're welcome to jump onto that website. And if you are outside of sunny San Diego, then you can just find me at marksklar.com. Perfect. And you're hanging out on Instagram? Instagram. Facebook, but my favorite is YouTube. Oh, awesome. I've got tons of awesome videos, tons of great resources on there to share with all of you. So, But you can check me out on any of those and learn a little bit more there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all that awesome information. I will be sure to link up all of this into our show notes. And thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. It was fun. My pleasure. Awesome. Take care. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Mark Schuyler. And there's a few things that I really want to add that actually just came to mind because it's a question that I get all the time. And it's about supplementation with pregnancy and supporting your fertility journey. There's some really key things that I really want you to keep in mind here outside of your 
everyday prenatal and stuff like that. And actually, when it does come to prenatals, the one thing that I use in my practice is Juice Plus. And I really prefer that over a lot of the prenatals that are out there because it's whole foods based. And it really supplies you with a ton of antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, all of that. So it's 100% fruits and vegetables in capsule form. You can't just order this really anywhere. And if anybody is interested, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Send me an email, samantha at holisticwellness.ca. And I can definitely help you with processing that order and whatnot. But outside of the typical prenatals, other things to keep in mind here are your vitamin D. So perhaps if you haven't tested your vitamin D levels, you might want to do that and start supplementing with vitamin D. Your fish oil, really, really important. Your fish oil is your omega-3s and those omega-3s help support your hormones and fuel the brain and especially DHA, which is what you get in fish oil, supports the development of the baby's brain. So that's really important. So vitamin D, fish oil, getting a real good quality prenatal, as well as supporting gut health and optimizing digestion and potentially getting you know on some probiotics and whatnot. So those are some really key things to keep in mind there. And you can head on over to natures-source.com if you're looking to get your hands on any probiotics or search prenatals or fish oil or vitamin D. There's a lot of great brands on there that I really love. So Designs for Health, Thorn, Metagenics, Progressive has some great fish oil. There's a lot of great brands on there. Natures-source.com. And you guys know you can use the discount code Holistic Wellness at checkout to save 10% off of your order. Plus, they already have some really great discounts going on on their site all of the time. They always have like great summer sales or fall sales or whatever that's going on. So you can't use the discount code on top of things that are already on sale, which is all right, because you're already getting it for a discount. They do free expedited shipping over $50. They do ship to both Canada and the US, which is a bonus. And you just have to create a free account on there in order to use that discount code. So head on over there, definitely check out all of their brands and their supplements. They carry a lot of incredible companies that I use in my private practice, like really professional brands and brands that are of really high quality. So that's why I love them there. So head on over to natures-source.com, check them out. If you guys have questions about any supplementation or anything like that, don't hesitate to send me over an email or connect with me on Instagram and let me know. All right. So to grab more info about Mark and his team and to work with Mark. You got questions for him. Everything is in the show notes, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 24. You can find out more information in the show notes about his hope coaching consultations, and you can connect with Mark on Instagram. He is at the underscore fertility underscore expert. So the fertility expert. So definitely check him out there. Thank you so much, everybody for tuning in today. And ladies, I really do hope you are going to share this episode with the men in your life because it takes two to make a baby. And it's not just about the responsibility of women supporting their hormones and their health, but men getting on board and doing the same thing. So thanks everybody for tuning in. If you haven't left us a review 
or a rating, we would absolutely love that. Head on over to iTunes or whichever platform you are listening to this on and leave us a rating or review. That would be really, really helpful to help us get our show out there and support and help more women. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I will chat with you next week before I head off to Italy. I cannot wait. The countdown is on. All right, everyone. Chat real soon.